this week on the Time Bat Show. All right. <laughs> I think for this to work, it needs to be like minimally intrusive. You can't wear like big squares on your head. Why is it called the Utah Array? Everyone and welcome to the Time Bat Show, episode number one hundred and seventy. Um, I'm Time Aces. I'm I'm Bat Snacks. <laughs> and Here we go. <laughs> we have a great episode today, don't we? We do. It's going to be awesome. It's been a hot minute since we've done the podcast. This is our like once monthly or whatever, or twice twice monthly. I don't know how what we figured it out, but um right before we started uh i'm using my like laptop not my work computer because you know that would be illegal yeah um, so i have to like switch my desk is just my work computer desk for work right for working from home and i have to i, I got a new desk for working from home but now i don't have anywhere to put my laptop so i have to like move all my stuff on my desk around and open my laptop and like place it in the middle and move my keyboards and all that stuff out of the way um which means that i almost never use my laptop anymore because it's too much of a pain in the ass to use yeah to get it out yeah <laughs> exactly so that like whenever i log into the comp- my computer there's like because it's been like two weeks since i've opened this there's always like a million yeah. updates <laughs> and like you know, my virus thing is like, you haven't scanned your computer in a month. And I'm like, oh my God. So you need like, to do it right now. <laughs> so like, right as we like, we're going to click record a giant, and I don't know why I still have AVG on my computer, but I do. A mm-hmm. giant pop-up was like, you should scan your computer. And you know those pop-ups that like, take up the button real estate that you needed to click the button you were trying to click on? Yeah. Yeah, that happened. So I like accidentally clicked run scan instead of record episode <laughs> and I had to like That's why I had like a few fails in the beginning there cuz I had to like click out of it. But yeah, something similar has been happening to me the, the last two episodes. Uh I still use my regular computer, but our like our episodes are far enough in between now that there's at least one Skype update in between each episode uh-huh. so like every week i have to install the skype update there's usually problems yeah yeah we should just use like we should do zoom right yeah, why don't we do that everyone's doing zoom now yeah we should just do zoom yeah we it's could. like it's probably better it's like, like we, <laughs> we we are still on skype because it's tradition you know yeah but everyone's using zoom i mean i use it for work every day yeah, I we're switching the, to Zoom at work. They're like that's you? what people use now. Yeah, I think the latency on Zoom might be l- like lower than Skype, though, which is why maybe we use Skype because it's it works better with our recording of the audio. But no, that wouldn't matter because we sync it up, right? Yeah, is that how that works? Yeah, like, like the latency doesn't matter the, if you sync it up, right? Yeah, yeah. Like we're recording our local audio and joining right. them. We're not recording our Skype audio, right? So like. That's the way things work, right? So, like, if you and I had weird latency, it wouldn't matter because we'll sync it up post-production. 
in the editing, and it'll be fine, right? So we could use Zoom. Totally. Yeah. And then we could see each other's faces. We could. That would be a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the years of doing the podcast, I've looked at you while doing this, like, once. <laughs> it's been, like, two or three times. Every yeah, time, like, one of us visits the other. Which is, like, yeah, like, twice, maybe three times. And it's always awkward. I remember one yeah. time we did it, we had to, like, sit... Not back to back, but like, like away, so that we didn't. It's uh, weird. Anyway, you know, in movies when um, there's a guy in the jail and he's in the holding cell, and like mm-hmm. the inmate is sitting down and he's waiting for the detective to come in to question him. Yeah, and his lawyer's like, "You shouldn't say anything." Yeah, and that's exactly what it's like when we do a live episode. Oh. Like. <laughs> The person whose house is, it's at is the inmate, and they're sitting at the table, and then the visiting person is the detective, and you have to sit down and make uh-huh. eye contact, and it's, and like, it's really, really intense and awkward. And it's always, like, a weird, like, aluminum table. Like, I don't know where they get those, like, aluminum tables, but they always have them in the police station. Have you noticed that? I have. Like, it's this weird, shiny metal table. But, like, I've never seen those in real life before. I've seen them one place. Where? Um, uh, kitchen prep tables are <laughs> okay. that exact same kind of table. So maybe the movies are buying kitchen prep tables. Um, yeah, it's for possible. their target. Because I don't see like I don't see those in people's houses or in like offices or anything like that. It's very weird. Yeah, I don't know. If I were designing a training room, I would get something with a little better acoustics um, <laughs> for my interrogation room, Do so you that think- once someone pounds on it it doesn't make a big noise do you think they designed those interrogation rooms to be like the least comfortable possible you know what I mean? maybe because like if you think about the movies and i don't know how they are in real life because i've never been interrogated by the police uh but in the movies it's always like you know a 10 by 10 room maybe it's 20 by 20 i don't know it's small it's you know like under 20 feet by 20 feet room metal table in the middle metal chair on one side metal chair on the other and like a light and that's it you know what i mean that's the entire yeah. room and then there's like a glass window that yeah is the a two-sided way. glass yeah, is a one-way yeah the one-way glass window or whatever yeah two-sided whatever you know so one people can see in and the other mm-hmm. can't but that's it in the entire interrogation room and you got to figure like if they wanted to, they could make it comfortable. Like, they could have a couch in there. They could have, like, a nice, you know, lazy boy. You know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, have, there like could a be a picture on the wall. Yeah, maybe. there could be a lamp in there. You know, it doesn't have to be so cold and alien. But, like, all the movies makes it look like, like, you know, like alien abduction movies where, yeah. like, the people get taken and then they have the weird flashes of being abducted by aliens, but it's all, like, fragmented. Mm-hmm. But the, always what it is, it's like there's flashes of light, it's blurry, and it's always, like, metallic, you know? Yeah. That's the same, like, lighting tone as they use in interrogation, you know? Like, the same tone. If I were an interrogator, and maybe this is stupid, mm-hmm. but I would want to make the room more comfortable. They're more likely to talk, right? To, like, open up. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I would too. Maybe yeah. they do that when they do good cop, bad cop. Okay, do you, like, take them in a different room? <laughs> I don't know. With this, like, playing whale noises and there's, like, nice 
Like there's a bookshelf. Like there's there's the metal room, and then there's a side door, and then they go into the other room, and it's like, it's like a nice rug, and there's like hanging portraits, and there's like yeah, there's like ambient like nautical sounds, <laughs> and there's like some nice like string lighting, you know, yeah, uh, like warm lighting, and you know they've got like a big comfy like leather chair and. The Maybe tables. they're like playing PBS on yeah. like a TV on <laughs> yes. the wall. Yes, it's like NPR or something. Yeah, and they've got like a nice coffee table in the middle. And when they give you coffee in this room, it's like one of those big like, you know, the show Friends, like the giant mug, like it's one of those oh, giant yeah. like, cappuccinos mm-hmm. or whatever. But then when they give you coffee in the other room, it's like a styrofoam cup that's like a day old coffee, you know, from like. Oh, he- Yes, that's how they always do it too it's mm-hmm. always in that cup and it's always like black weak hotel coffee yeah like you want some coffee i'm like yeah i'd love some and like the the officer just like turns around and like produces some from like the <laughs> ether and he's like here you go and it's just like in a cup and it looks disgusting yeah but maybe that's how they do the good cop bad cop like bad cop is in the bad room good cop in the good room and then it's like it's a jolting thing they're like Ah, this is scary. Oh, this is nice. And then, ah, this is scary. Oh, this is nice. And then when they get to the nice room, they, like, they, like, feel the pressure release, and then maybe they get more talkative or something. And the good cops is like, I'm just trying to help you. Do you want another cappuccino? You know? What can I get you? You know? We've got... Uh, we've got some croissants here too, you know. We've got some Gatorades, a- maybe some Snapple. <laughs> can I get you a bear claw? Maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't know. The interrogation rooms are weird. That's a good idea. I would frame it as so. One room is like a therapist who's there to help you, but is secretly a cop. A cop, yeah. And then the other room is is the the real detective. I mean, they're actually both cops, but one right, plays. But then it they like, frame the real detective as like. He tells the the guy up front. He's like he's lying, but he's like he tells the perp. I mean, use the word perp because that's the cop lingo. He's yeah. like just letting you know, cameras are off, recorders are off. This is off the record, and I do things my own way. You know, mm-hmm. I get answers, and if you cooperate, it's gonna be easy. And if you don't, it's gonna be hell or something like that. Like he really. <laughs> You don't cooperate. You spend a night in the box. <laughs> he like he makes it out like he's the bad, corrupt, you yeah. know, doesn't play by the rules, cop. And then the therapist plays it like, "Oh, I'm the police therapist. I'm looking out for your best interest." Da, da, da. Which sounds completely illegal to lie to a prisoner yeah. like this, but I mean, they already do that, so yeah, you know, <laughs> what's really the difference at the end of the day? <laughs> At least they get a nice room out of it, you know. Yeah, be a snapple and a donut. I feel like there could be there could be some good ideas there, but no, they got to go with the, the weird alien metal room with the shitty aluminum chairs and the hotel coffee. But and everyone know. smokes, even yeah. if they don't smoke anywhere else they in the smoke. movie. They're yeah. always smoking in the interrogation yeah. room. Maybe that's like the rule. Like if you go in there, like instead of no smoking, there's a smoking sign outside, and like yeah. you have to smoke in there. <laughs> so how's your life? How's quarantine life going for you? Same, same as it has been these last few. Have you been venturing out more, doing more things? 
Not really. All yeah. I really do when I go out, I, sometimes I'll go do like outside stuff occasionally. Like I like to go on a hike sometimes or like go to the beach if there's no people. But that's nice. That's all I've really done. Mm-hmm. I, I went out to eat one time. And yeah, how was that experience? I, it was... I'd, it felt really good to go out, but I didn't, didn't feel great about it. You didn't die. No. And it was outdoor seating, and like we were the only ones there. And they had this cool system where there's a QR code on the table, and you scan mm-hmm. it with your phone, so you don't have to like touch a menu. And oh, that's cool. That sounds yeah. like it was relatively safe. Yeah, I didn't feel terrible, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was but still eerie. Yeah, I feel guilty about it. It's weird. Hmm. What are you gonna do? How's so, your quarantine experience? Oh, it's it goes up and down. You know, it's like a roller coaster. One week I'm fine, the next week I'm terrible. You know, that's how it is. Yeah, I think I'm in between weeks. Like it used to be like um, one week I'm great, the next week I'm terrible. Like on and off, right? Bam, 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 bam. And then I think I've I've settled into this like one week I'm great, the next week I'm like eh, and the next week I'm terrible, and then it goes back, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm currently at one of the middle weeks. I want to say, you know what I mean, where it's just like eh, it's okay, it's all right. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to revise that. Uh, because last week wasn't good either. So, obviously, this system doesn't work. It's <laughs> great, meh, terrible, terrible, meh, great. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's more valleys than so there you, are peaks. <laughs> so, you get two in a row. You yeah. Know, you get two greats, two terribles in a row, one separated by one meh. So I'm currently in meh, coming off of two terribles. So next week, by this logic, should be great. Nice. Hopefully. I mean, probably not, but maybe. We'll see. I hope so. I don't think so. But, it, you know. <laughs> when we were talking about the stages of grief on the last episode, I was thinking about that again. And, like, yeah, around three weeks ago, I was at acceptance. But last week, I was back at anger. Like, we went <laughs> <laughs> we went backwards. Back so I, I think that stages of grief theory, I don't think that's real. So I think you like, switch. It's like cyclical for you. Yeah, it's like a ride you have to keep riding and you can't get off. So last week, or last time we did this, were you, you were at acceptance, though, you, you yeah. said. But last week, which was in between this episode and last, I was definitely at anger again. I was furious <laughs> what with the happened? world. Why did you go angry again? It just happened. I guess that's just how it works. Yeah. I think the stages of grief thing, it's more of a guideline than a yeah. rule, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully next week is good. Well, we'll see, though. It's hard to say. I started the month off well. Because I, I think I told you I went to, like, a me and my wife for her birthday, and the dog went to, like, a little, little uh, rent. We rented a little house for, like, like a weekend and i was like this is nice you know yeah, that's nice and then i was riding that for like a whole week you know and then the next week was like eh, and then two bads in a row this one and then you know i'll have a men week next week and then i'll maybe it'll be good again we'll see you know well i hope it's good thanks i appreciate that you're welcome so what's happening in the world? I mean, what is happening in the world today? The the problem with this whole situation is uh, we have plenty to talk about, but I don't want to talk about any of it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's all bad news. Yeah, there was a bad hurricane. There was some bad shootings. Like, 
Yeah, everything's bad right now. Wasn't anything really great happening. There's no good news. Um, There's something kind of cool happening, but I ultimately think it's bad. What is that? Tomorrow, Elon Musk is demoing Neuralink, which is his idea for a computer that you put into your brain with tiny electrodes. This sounds frightening. Yeah, so you install the electrodes in the brain, and they come out of the brain and attach to a thing yeah. that you wear like an earring. There's yeah. like a pod on your ear. So, and like, hold on. Wait okay. a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go through what it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, hold on. You plant a thing in your brain. It's wires. Yes. So, it's not a remote thing. Like, you don't put it in there, and then it's just in there, and it, like, transmits. Like, there's literally a wire that comes out of your ear. Uh, that's the current model, yeah. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's where you lose me right there. Like, I'm not okay with something in my brain, but, like, at least when I look in the mirror, don't remind me of it being there. You know what I mean? Like, if there's, like, a thing that's coming out of my ear. Hmm, no. No thanks. Yeah, so it comes out, and then it attaches to a pod that you wear kind of like an earring. And then that pod attaches to an app on your phone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, the app part is really what sells me here. Yeah. Because that makes it so much better. Oh, jeez. That's frightening. It is. Oh, my God. I hate this. I'm looking at a picture right now. Mm-hmm. Ah! Do you know what it no. makes me think of? What? Have you ever had an earring? Or like no, no, I'm not. I'm afraid of needles though. So like if there's something coming out of your head that attaches to your ear, what if you're like drying off when you get out of the shower and you like I don't know, you could rip it out. It breaks. It breaks. And now there's just a wire in your head. That's frightening. Okay, yeah. so like this picture, I wish I could share it with you, but what I'm seeing is there's, like, electrodes on your brain, right? Yes. And then there's wires going down, like, the hemisphere of your brain. And then behind your ear is this little disc that they, like, implant in there that connects to the wires. hmm And that's what connects to your phone. Yeah. And he's saying that, like, the, the purpose of this right now is to cure people with... Um, what, what does he call them? Like blindness and like like motor function disabilities. Like if you have a, like paralysis or something. Yeah. He, he's kind of saying that. So like the purpose like, of this. Uh, the one with uh, the flashing lights. What's that called? Uh, shit. You know. I, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what it's called though. It's like. Electrode light therapy you shouldn't go to movies if you have this condition oh epilepsy epilepsy thank you Mm -hmm. yeah stuff like that he's saying that by using the device to stimulate different parts of your brain you can like restore functions that you wouldn't be able to otherwise which on paper that sounds kind of great but i think the end goal for this technology is to be able to add like a computer to your brain to do calculations absolutely these pictures, I have to say, are incredibly frightening. If you, like, Google Neuralink and then look at the pictures. I'm going to do it real quick so I can see what you're you seeing. You should. You should. It's amazing. See, if we're on Zoom, this is where we could screen share. 
Yes. See, this is where oh, we... Oh, no. Yeah, keep scrolling. They're even better. They get better. There's one with a rat. He's got a... Oh, I see. Oh, no. And there's literally a one... There's one... It says USB-C, and it's, like, jammed into his brain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the rat is terrible. He's wearing it like a hat. Yep. And then if you keep scrolling, there's one that says the Utah Array, and I don't really know what's happening with it, but it's really funny. It looks like two 9-volt batteries, like, stuck to the the top of your brain. Have you seen that one yet? I haven't seen it. It's called the Utah Link. Okay, okay, so no, no, no. Just Google Neuralink. Go to images. Neuralink images. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. Now, first result is like all the three of the same picture but then there's one with a girl with a thing you see that i see it mm-hmm. first row all right scroll down second row third row fourth row fifth row sixth row seventh row eighth row down i think two three four five six seven yeah eighth row down middle picture <laughs> do you see the utah array yet i'll just link it to you okay. really funny <laughs> Uh, I've heard of the so- Utah Array too. That's different than the Neuralink. Oh, it is. Yeah, is that its own thing? I'm let I'm sending it to you in Skype. It's a- oh no, <laughs> that isn't good. All right, <laughs> I think for this to work, it needs to be like minimally intrusive. You can't wear like big squares on your head. Why is it called the Utah Array? I don't know. It's such a weird name. The Utah Array. It sounds so secret government project-y. It sounds exactly how it looks, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Like, if you told me to picture what the Utah Array is, this is exactly what I would picture. And you need two so so it's an array, right? You can't have an array without two. Yeah. So they, like, send signals back and forth. Anyway, this this is very creepy. I don't yeah. like this one bit. So I wanted to ask you, are you going to get Neuralink? No, not in a million years. I'm not You're not? Never? Like, Would if you? it didn't exit your brain, like if it was just a little thing that was like, let's say it didn't even penetrate your skull, like it sits between like the skin and your bone, mm-hmm. would, would you get one then? If it wasn't made by Tesla, then I would consider it. Or not Tesla, you know what I mean, Elon Musk. Then you'd consider it, yeah. I just don't trust Elon Musk very much. Why are you getting one? No. Are you going to become the Borg? The The idea of it is, like, really interesting to me, though. Because I think eventually, if enough people get this, everyone will have to get it. Otherwise, yeah, you will be like Yeah, be- it'll be like cars, right? It's like, yeah. eventually, they'll reach saturation where you'll just need one to function. Yeah. If you have an extra supercomputer that you can use to, you know, do brain functions with, remember yes. stuff with. Like, I'm just seeing so many good pictures. <laughs> I'm going to send you this one, too. I want to yeah, see if, it. If everyone has a supercomputer, then it's like you have to get one. Oh, the poor rat. Yeah! Unfolding mesh. In yes. your brain. Yep, in your brain. Oh... So there's a demo on Friday. Okay. 
So, how's that going to work? Are they going to do it on real people? I don't know. It doesn't say. Are you going to watch the demo? Oh, hell yeah. It's at 6 p.m. tomorrow. Do you think Elon Musk is going to stick himself with the Neuralink? I think he should. I would accept nothing less than that. Like, if it's his product, I won't take anything other than him doing it to himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, if he believes that it's really that great, like, let's see it. No, I I think so, too. Like, you can't have some rando doing it. What if he's like, (laughs) all right, here's the Neuralink demonstration. I need a volunteer from the audience. (laughs) Wait, this could work. You know how stage hypnosis works? Yeah. Like, you get people to overcome their fears with peer pressure? Mm-hmm. I think you can do it this way. Like, he could oh, get a volunteer this way. Someone that, like, wants to be cool so bad. Like, let's say you had a company event, and you all decided to go to Elon's demonstration together. And, like, yeah. you you want to be the cool guy in your group, so you're going to volunteer to do that, right? Yeah. So you'd be like, I'll get it. I'll get it embedded in my skull on live TV or whatever. Like, you want to be the, the cool guy that gets the Neuralink. You would be the first person to get Neuralink. Has this been tested on people yet? I don't know. What if this is the first human test? I don't really want him to test it on... I don't. I just don't think you should. Like, even rats is, makes me feel extremely weird. It does. I don't, like, I don't like this that much. Yeah. I get why he's doing it, because it's like, oh, it's the future of humanity or whatever, but I don't want Elon Musk to be doing that in any way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Elon Musk is an interesting guy, right? Yeah. He's doing so much stuff that if I didn't know anything about Elon Musk, I'd be like, wow, he's really doing some shit for the future that's cool but knowing what i know about him i'm like hmm i don't like any of this stuff you know what i mean yeah i like the idea of his stuff but the person behind it just really makes me uncomfortable i like the idea and i don't like yeah it just makes me uncomfortable it's weird hopefully he gets to mars or whatever he wants to do and uh establishes Neuralink and makes us all have computers in our mind. Can you imagine? I kind of can. Can you? It's Here's my It's a lot okay. like a phone. Except Here's my further. Here's my problem with Neuralink. I think 50 years ago, you know, science fiction writers had this like idea of like, oh, we're all going to have like we're going to be plugged into the, you know, the whatever, neuromancer shit. You know what I mean? Like, you can be plugged into the internet anytime. And that was all cool and good and interesting. But what people did not, and I think this is a very, like, science fiction did not predict what we have today. Because they didn't predict the power of, I'm going to use the word marketing, but I think there's a better word for it. Um the power of like that marketing like influence and how good we have become as humans of being like oh we're gonna use serotonin to make you like want to click this link and like you know read Mm -hmm. this ad and da 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 you know like we're really good well some people are really good at 
making the internet just a medium for basically advertising. You know, it's all really powered by ads in one way or another. You know, be it ads for product or ads for people or ads for ideas, you know. Uh, we didn't really predict that that was going to be like the main driving force of technological advances, but in a way it is, and the internet anyway, you know, like yeah. data mainly for advertising especially like google you know like your data is there so people can effectively sell you things yeah and you're right about that and i think with Neuralink, when we had the idea 50 years ago of like let's put a computer in a brain that sounds great like yes in theory if it's an isolated computer and you just have access to the internet that sounds awesome but it's not going to be isolated. You're going to get ads in your brain. Like, you're literally going to get ads in your brain. Like, you have... There's no... It's going to happen. You're going to dream, and it's going to be like a weird Pepsi commercial dream. And you're going to be like, <laughs> what the hell was that? Why did I dream about Pepsi? And it's because Neuralink is con- collecting your data, and they like... It's not collecting your data anymore. It's connecting your thoughts and they realized that what randomly on the day earlier you thought about Pepsi and it sent that information to the Pepsi company and Pepsi was like, let's send him this ad in their sleep. And they're like, engage. And then, boom. Yeah, I mean, you can do one better. You can just send someone an urge that they can't fight. That's true. You don't even need to collect the thing. Yeah, you could make it like, you could use the same signals as addiction. Like, people that are like severe addicts can't really can't control their actions. Like, yeah. I don't think that's and a controversial ho- and thing to say. hopefully they can regulate that to be like, yeah. oh, you can't do that with Neuralink. But I don't think they can regulate data collection and targeted advertising. I don't think that's possible because think about it this way. Like Facebook is already collecting everyone's data and there have been multiple lawsuits on like them not being able to do it. But they're doing it anyway in secret, you know, and yeah. they're selling it to everyone. And Neuralink, or whatever company ends up doing this, they're probably going to get sued and be like, oh, okay, we're not going to collect your thoughts. We're not tracking your thoughts. Don't worry. It's not saved anywhere. But in reality, yeah, it totally is, and it's being sold to some other company. Like, 100%. And that's what scares me about it. Facebook just last year was fined $5 billion for doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's such they're... a good point, because, like... <laughs> You yeah. can't buy a computer today that you can, like, only use for doing computer stuff. Everything has ads built in, like nope. Windows does, Mac does. The only thing you can get that doesn't have ads built in is Linux. And if you want to use, like, any software, they all have ads built in it, too. Like, Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I, you, you go to your computer, you open your start menu, and there are ads on your start menu because they have, like, that games section and, like, the... Like, I have an ad for Soda cr- Candy Crush on my start menu you know what i mean like it's impossible to not have them now you know you buy a new samsung phone it comes with candy crush it comes with game of thrones conquest yeah like (laughs) Like, you can't opt out you just you can't get to have it and i'm sure they could do something where they're like okay we won't collect your data your thoughts but the neural link was not going to be as effective if we can't track that stuff. And there are going to be some loophole and everyone's going to be like, okay, well, I guess it's more convenient if I just leave it on, you know, like they do with their iPhone, you know, like yeah. track my location or whatever, you know. They've already built precedent using the smartphone. Like, Yes, they have, they've already built precedent and they've already pr- proved that most people are too lazy to turn off that data collection stuff. So, like, they get Neuralink and now, like, okay, now 
Elon Musk has access to all your thoughts. Not really, but like access to part of your brain. Like, hmm, that sounds great. It sounds fun. <laughs> I don't know. I obviously don't know how far this technology goes, but that's where I that's my conclusion jumping for yeah, the That's a big worry. I, I think, just think like oh god. I, I, th- I think we really messed up when we made advertising like the business model for all of technology. I agree. Like that wasn't I that wasn't a good call. We we completely screwed screwed the pooch there. At, at some point in like the nineties or two thousands, there was this decision, and they're like, in order to keep the internet free, we need to we can make it all. We can we are going to use advertising for everything. And now we have dug this hole and we cannot escape because everyone expects everything to be free all the time. And the only way things can be free is advertising. Yes. You know, it's frightening. And like, it's funny because even like news sites like New York Times have tried like, oh, we're going to go back to subscriptions. Like that doesn't work. That doesn't make the money, you know. Ads are what makes people money. Uh, And... Do you remember last week I was I was messaging you? You made a really good point about this too. You know when you Google symptoms, like for anything, like a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. If you Google stomach ache, it's going to tell you you have cancer. Yes, it's going to tell you you have a brain tumor. Probably the scariest thing, the scariest possible thing. And like you said, the reason they do this is because if it's bad, you'll do more searches for it. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but it, it sounds true. It has to be true. Like, you've done this, haven't you? You've Googled a oh, symptom, yes. and it said you've, you're in trouble, mister. And so there's you search like a hundred more times. Yes, there's a reason that every time you Google stuff, that's like, I like hardly ever Google stuff and get like a, a comforting answer. Like, almost never. It's always like a gray, like, ooh, that sounds bad. Maybe I should do some more Googling. I think this is what they're doing. I think they're showing you these like, ooh, that sounds this could be bad results on purpose first so that you Google more. It sounds scary, but I think they do that. I think I mean, it, it has to be the same thing for news too, because if you see something on the news, like there, there's been a lot of bad news recently, like a shooting. If you want to find out exactly what happened during that shooting, that's like three hours of research and like 500 Google searches. There's yeah. no single article that just has the details about something right, that's happening. you have happening. to do all the Googling. Yeah, it sounds nefarious and it sounds like it's ethically wrong. But like, I guess I'm viewing at it as like, why wouldn't they do that? Like if I was evil and in charge of Google, I would definitely do that because it makes me more money. Like. I guess when you view the internet completely capitalistically without, like, human, like, best interests in mind, it doesn't make sense to not do these things. Yeah, because someone else will. Yeah, so, like, yeah, because the competitor will do it. So, like, people that are like, oh, that's not happening, that's not happening, that's unethical. It's like, I don't think that's a good argument to be why it's not happening. Because if a company can do this and it's going to make them more money they are obligated to do such a thing, you know, in, yeah. in a, if they're a public internet company, you know? And so I just don't think it's that far-fetched. Um, yeah. You know, Google's algorithm-based, too. I don't think there's a single human in the world that knows how that ser- searching really no, works. But there's pro- 
it probably does reward multiple searches for the same, like, basic concept. They make more money that way. Yeah, it makes more money. More ads. Yeah. This is not, this future is not the one I envisioned when I was twelve years old. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like it's like a a monkey's paw version of it, right? It's like yeah. you know, you, you got what you wanted, but like it's like a real bad version, like a very twisted version of it. Yeah. Like, when I was little, I thought, oh, we're going to meet aliens, and they're going to love... It'll be, like, a great scientific thing. No, we're going to meet aliens, and they're just going to go immediately. They're going to be like, this is a mess. Goodbye. (laughs) And, like, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, you're going to be able to access any piece of information you want at any time. And it's like, yes, that's true. But... (laughs) (laughs) That means everyone can know everything about you at any time. Uh, And... You know, exploit that yeah. uh, at any time. So I don't know. I I'm, I always sounds like a, I always sound like a conspiracy theorist to my friend group around, like my coworkers and stuff when we talk about this kind of thing. Um, but I always have this thing I say at the end of it. They're like, "That's never gonna happen," and I'm like, "I always say like, you'll see, like, <laughs> I bet you'll it see, because I think it's inevitable." this is going to happen. I honestly do. I don't see any reality where this doesn't eventually happen. Unless we, like, unless the government puts, like, hardcore restrictions on data collection and stuff like that, which I don't see them doing because that's out of their best interest, too. Like, they want it as much as the companies do, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, do you have you thoughts do. on that? On the inevitability of it? On the inevitability of like data everywhere. The data on apocalypse. The data yeah. apocalypse. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, I don't see. The only reason it wouldn't is because maybe there's just not enough space to store the data on. So this was another interesting topic that I think you brought to my attention, or maybe I did. I don't remember. But this is really interesting, um, and it could be our saving grace. Is that I was reading. By 2050, if the data rate, the the rate we like keep collecting data continues on its uh, current trajectory, which is also really crazy, you know, like yeah. it like doubles every like six months or something. It's ridiculous. If we c- continue on that trend in 2050, we will have to store a bit in every atom on Earth in order to capture all of it. Which is impossible. There's not enough which power is, to power that impossible. many hard drives. You know? Right, exactly. Yes. So where does all that data go? You know, people say the cloud, but the cloud is not a real. It's it's just a warehouse somewhere. It's a, it's a warehouse full of hard drives. It's not. Like, <laughs> it's not up in the air. I think people assume it's like in space or something. Like, no, it's it's like the data's just floating, like it's orbiting the Earth, just net ones and zeros, and then it flies down to you. It's like, no, that's not really... It's like some man in Illinois has, like, a warehouse where, like, you know, half of Wikipedia lives or something, you know? That's... Yeah, that's that's really how it works. That That is exactly how it works. Yeah. But, like, that could... I mean, that could happen, right? Yeah. And you know that man in Illinois that has half of Wikipedia in his warehouse? He's he's just got, like, a fence around it. 
and it's connected to the normal power grid and there's like <laughs> there's nothing really stopping nothing someone s- from hurting it. it yeah uh, I, was re- <laughs> I was reading this other article on um it was actually a tv show but like they run these cables under the ocean that connects uh like Europe and America t- with like the internet, like that's how they swap some yeah. of the data from the either side, right? Um, and uh, they have these cables, and they're on the o- on the ocean, and they're like you know miles and miles long. And there was this article that was like sharks have started finding these and eating them. You know? Yeah, I've heard and that like- too. <laughs> it's like what if they just like eat the wrong one or something? You know? It's like. It just randomly stops working. Yeah. And, like, the whole internet's never going to go out randomly. But, like, it could take down some random site. And, I don't know. It's just kind of a house of cards at that point. You know? Yeah, that's so funny. They just chew on cables for fun. And, like, yeah. suddenly Latvia loses internet. <laughs> yeah, because they were relying on this one cable that was coming from America. You know, and Google servers are probably all in California. So it's like, well, Latvia can't Google stuff anymore. It's over. They can't send requests over the wires. Uh, that's That just amuses me. Greatly, yeah, it's really amusing to me, too. But yeah, so I don't know. The data apocalypse, I guess. Where everyone has everyone's data, or we run out of data. One of those things I foresee is going to happen. So if we approach the data apocalypse, and it turns out we're using more energy than we can sustain on retaining data, like the amount of, I guess, fuel, carbon fuel and everything, the amount of energy we're getting, we can't support it anymore. What do you think we kind of give up on first? Like the energy or the data? I think we're too far into the data to give up on it, though. Yeah, so we'll just run our energy grid into the ground while we <laughs> try think, to keep it up. Yep, I think so. I think that's, I think that's what it will do. <laughs> I think we, we, uh, we accelerate the planet resource crisis, you know. Mm-hmm. We were like, let's just put her in high gear and, <laughs> you know, make it work. And then, you know it's over unless we find a way to like do you know fission or whatever the hell the mythical energy source is we're not i know but you know they'll probably try that but i don't think we could give up maybe we could i don't i don't see it though because everyone you know someone would have to play the loser in that situation Right. right someone would have to agree to be like all right And it would be a corporation, you know, that has all this data that needs it, you know. Someone would have to be like, all right, I agree to burn all my data, you know, just leave it. No one would agree to do that. It would be like a prisoner's dilemma situation, effectively, with with every person on Earth. You know, no one wants to be the one to give it up. But we have to, but nobody wants to do it, you know. Yeah, that's probably how it works out. You know, the, the the people that need the data the most are corporations. And yeah. the people that are affected by, like, power grid outages, the first people to be affected will be probably poor people. Like, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> so. And they have the least data. Yeah. Yeah. And the corporations are like, no, we didn't do anything wrong. We have all this data. Just take their power first. Just, like, keep your just, data alive a just, little longer. Yeah, take their power and... Yeah, I mean, I think 
it's not going to be exactly that, but I don't think anyone would budge, really. They would be like, the solution is we need to find more power. And it's like, well, some mathematician's going to prove, like, there's not enough power in the universe to support. Like, someone's going to do the math, you mm-hmm. know, and be like, at this point, we don't have enough power. And the companies are going to be like, no, look again. There's a solution. You know, there always is. But Yeah, just tie it up for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Keep that data alive. That's what I would do. I mean, it's I not, when- but... Yeah, I don't know when this is going to happen, but uh, one day. I, maybe what will happen is we'll get we'll reach the apocalypse phase one, which is everyone has everyone's data, and, you know, data is just, like, everywhere, and it's kind of meaningless because everyone has everyone, you know, and it's just all over the place, and, like, Elon Musk is in your ear telling you to go to McDonald's, you know, randomly, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, that. And then that is the, the norm for maybe 10 years and 10 years later, we collect so much more data because we're collecting, like, neural import pulses from every human being at that point, you know? Yeah. It would just get exponential. And it would last, like, 10 years, and then we're like, we're out of space. We don't have the space. And then the data apocalypse, part two, which is we don't have the power to sustain this. That goes into effect. And then data apocalypse part three is only coastal cities have power and they use all of it to maintain their databases, which Uh is like increasingly less relevant because the average person is, you know, off the grid anyway at this point. Can you imagine this cool, it's not cool, but this cool dystopian future where it's like, you know, Judge Dredd, they have like Mega City One or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It's like giant city there's like a few really giant buildings and they're just data centers Mm -hmm. right and then everyone else lives in poverty and they have access to like a very minute amount of power just to like keep them alive basically yeah and there's these huge corporations that have all the data on everybody in the world and uh that's it you know it's just giant skyscrapers filled with data and you know uh, I think neighborhoods that are in squalor. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Like it in each neighborhood, you can have a kiosk, like at the public library, and that's the community kiosk that lets you access a little part of the data. That's the internet. Yeah, that's right. your internet station for the whole. But village. it's only what they let you get, right? Yeah, because they don't want to give you too much because they've got it all at this point. Yeah, like you can use your little Facebook account, and you know. You can maybe send a message to someone else that they'll have to go to that kiosk to look at. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you can send it to a... It's like the village telephone. That's all they let you use. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and you can't use a lot of power because, you know, they need the companies need it. Yeah, they need it all. For all those servers. And servers are, you know, they're, they're expensive to maintain. Yeah, that's 90% of the labor. Everybody in the, you know... The poverty areas, they all work in the server factory. (laughs) Yeah. Unless we find a way to, like, make data storage, like, super, super small. Which we've already, like, we're already there. It's already super small. And, like, unless we have a, find a way. But, like, again, that study I was reading was, like, oh, we need, we would need, every atom would need to store, like, a bit or whatever. Which, it's just not possible to do that and have power, you know. I don't know. There, there would need to be some, some miracle of science. Have you seen Silicon Valley? Uh, I've seen parts of it. Why? The, the, 
the plot of that show is it's like a group of geeks that int- that introduce a a compression algorithm that compresses data really small. Mm-hmm. Maybe the solution is that show. We just Hyper need compression. a really, really good compression algorithm to compress all the data. Maybe. But then you still need power to uncompress the data and make it usable, <laughs> so maybe not. Yeah. The problem with compression is there's a limit, right? It's like yeah. you can't compress anything into... Like there's there's gun there's an upper limit. I don't know if it's a proven upper limit. I'm pretty sure there's a proven upper limit. But like, you have to draw a line or you lose accuracy. Like yeah, like a lot. And there's some called limit there. And even if we had a super compressive algorithm which compressed all the data perfectly, we're still creating it. Like it's still endlessly being created, right? So like all that's doing is pushing back the date from 2050 to 2060. You know the end of the day right and i think in 2060 you have to alter the algorithm so that 50 percent loss is acceptable (laughs) so like the data's still there but it's just not very good (laughs) and this is like all data yeah all data it's phone numbers it's like pictures it's everything (laughs) maybe that's the future of data right (laughs) it's just like we have it all but it's not reliable in any way I mean, it's because it's like just, memories, you know? Yeah. Like, we just don't have the bandwidth to, like, store all seven digits of this person's phone number. Maybe we forgot to. You can figure it out. Like, you can deduce the rest of them, you know, in your, in your dialing process. Just you know? dial all the possible numbers. It's only 100. You'll yeah. get it eventually. Yeah, you will. But, <laughs> I mean, maybe that, maybe that is what it is, right? It's like, yeah. Uh, well, you know, we got half of it accurate. The compression algorithm's real bad. Or real good, but it's, you know, we lose a lot in the process, you know. And maybe if you refresh the the page, you get, like, a different set of letters or whatever, because it compresses, decompresses in a different way or whatever. Oh, yeah, you could, you could try, like, extracting the information in different ways to get different views on the data. It's kind of like using what's like something shamans use like throwing shells on the ground (laughs) like trying to figure out what's gonna happen this could be a way to do it though right so like you have half the data like you have half uh, 50% you know reliability Mm -hmm. then you you decompress it and then you're like well this is 50% inaccurate but then you decompress it again and then you get a clearer picture because you're filling in the gaps every time you do it right right and if you, if you decompress it a million times, maybe, like, it's so close to being accurate that it's basically true. But the problem there is you're using power to decompress it yeah. a million times. So we're kind of back to square one here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's a fun mental... Someone really smart is going to have to solve this down the line. And I don't know. It's not going to be Elon Musk. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. But... Well, they probably haven't been born yet, but they're gonna be they're gonna be the John Connor of the future, if you know what I mean. No, oh, yeah. The the data person. I give my life for John Connor. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, what else is new? Uh, not too much for me this week. Really. I downloaded Bloodborne, not Bloodborne, I I downloaded Dark Souls, I'm playing that. 
I'm probably going to play more of that tonight. How far have you gotten? I got to the first NPC, and he killed me because I tried to kill him. So did you start over, though? I did, and I got right back to that point. And you haven't played anymore yet? No, I, I think I'm right about at the first boss. Okay. Well, if you need help, let me know, because I beat the first boss so I could help you beat him if you needed it. Do you know how summoning works? Uh, no, but if it's similar to Bloodborne, then it's... It is similar to Bloodborne. Yeah. You need humanity or whatever. I do. I have some of that. Okay. You can read it on the internet. It's not that hard. But anyway. Oh. My mind can't go... Can't not go to dark places about the future during current events. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, how do you... How do you think any of this is going to work out nicely? Yeah, it's, like, weird. Like, everything I read is, like... You know, like, I've never been an optimistic person. But I could always be like, well, maybe it'll be okay. But everything you read now, it's like, you know what? I don't think it's going to be okay ever again. You know, maybe, like, a little bit for me. But, like, overall. Yeah. You know. Maybe we peaked. Maybe we peaked. Maybe we did peak. It's a shitty time to peak, but I mean, maybe we peaked. I don't think recently was the peak, but maybe we've been past the peak for a while. But it was kind of yeah. like a plateau, maybe. Like it, it didn't yeah, it hadn't yeah, dove yeah. sharply yet. Yeah, no, we're we're diving sharply. Maybe everything will be fine. Maybe it'll all work out. Maybe you know people won't have access to all our information, and there won't be a date of apocalypse and. People won't randomly die, and there won't be a coronavirus anymore, and, you know, governments won't rise or fall with, you know, fascism in mind and stuff like that. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be fine. But, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but, either way, there will always be the Time Pet Show. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. <laughs> and that's how we'll leave the episode, right? Yeah, I like it. Who's our uh, who's our sponsor today, Bad Snakes? Our sponsor today is uh, Captain Tracy's Salt and Vinegar Almonds. Hmm. Are those real? No. Okay. <laughs> they sound real, don't they? <laughs> when you feel like something salty and nutty, uh, choose Captain Tracy, who makes the best salt and vinegar almonds you'll ever eat those sound great i could go for some of those right now you know how you know when something's going to be really powerful is when it has like a nautical themed name oh yeah have you ever had um, something uh fisherman's friend cough drops uh no but you've talked about them and i've looked for them and i've not been oh my god like they're serious cough drops yeah yeah like when you have to, when you really have a sore throat, that's where you go. Yeah. Do fishermen have like really bad coughing or something? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, it's their friend though. They probably. I eat imagine it, like, there's candy. like a big bearded guy on the front. There is. Really? Well, I think I'm it's a boat really actually. Fast. I mean that makes sense. Oh, it's a even better. It's literally just a boat, and it's like black, white, and red are the only colors. Yeah. Original extra strength. And they call them lozenges. How bad <laughs> is that? You know you're not messing around when it's lozenges. Yeah. All right. Well, when you're feeling... When you feel like you have to cough... Uh, do it in the trough. 
Is that a word? And then take uh, yeah, and then take Fisherman's friend. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.